Kia ora, welcome to Asian and Aotearoa. I'm Jenna, your host, and in this episode, I catch up with Yeri Cho. Yeri is an Aquarius, a writer, singer, dreamer, and one half of the musical duo Imugi. We talk about the music industry, meditation, mental health, creativity, dreaming, spirituality, and a whole lot more. This was so much fun to record, and I think I say that every episode, but it truly was. Yeri was awesome. Amugi's new EP called It's Okay to Be a Little Alien is out now, so after this, you should definitely go and listen to that. Welcome, Yuri. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm actually so stoked to be here. I feel like, I can't believe I'm here. Excuse me. It's time. The time is now. Yeah, because I've been like following you guys' page for a little while, and every I'm just like, oh, I just love seeing this person do the work. Like, it's so cool, because... Um, thanks. <laughs> I saw you at Splore. Oh my god, were you at Splore? Yes. Fun. It's one of my favourite New Zealand festivals. Oh my god, it's so good, eh? Have you gone in previous years? Yeah, I've been three nice. years in a row, and I was going to go this year, but then, Oh course. yeah, the cancel. I know, it was so yeah. sad. Yeah. So that was sad, but also, I liked doing the refund. <laughs> I was like, I need that money. Um, I would like my money back <laughs> in this economy. Yeah, yeah. but it was fun. I love that. That was like my first year going, but I've been like wanting to go for so long because it just looks so good and I've only heard the best things from people about yes. it. Did you go for like a wander around all the different I places? Did. It was really cool and just like the atmosphere and the vibes are just so much nicer than like, no offense, but. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but what? Yeah, oh, I'll name it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the ones that are just kind of like 18 year old white boys running around on pingers. Yeah. yeah. And it's just nice to see a festival where everybody seems to take responsibility over like their own presence on the land and like yes. the iwi's like watching over everything. Yes. And it's like, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So how amazing that you performed Oh, that was crazy. Wild times. First, <laughs> I'll get you to introduce yourself, mm. please. With your amazing hair, I'm so jealous. Oh I've always wanted my hair that colour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> um, hello, my name is Yeri. I'm one half of Emugi. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. I'm 25. <laughs> yeah, so we're just talking about your heavy Aquarius placements. Yes, like 80% Aquarius airhead right here. <laughs> okay, you've said that the music industry is a game. Mm-hmm. What or who helps you play it? The people that will truly help you, is, just in my experience, has just been other queer POC friends that I know that are in it, have been through it or whatever, because I feel like they just know the very particular experience of what it's like to move through that industry. And I would have been so much more jaded and deep as about it had I not had these really great conversations with other you know friends who know just what it's like to be I don't even know how to like say it like simply you're, you're like, <laughs> just because it, it, you know it's really different than if you're like a straight white girl you know like yes. I feel like the way that you're perceived and then the way that you're expected to behave to I don't know climb the corporate chain or whatever it, it's a really jarring experience and I think that it's really easy to like lose yourself in that process so I'm very thankful to the friends that I've been able to have conversations with and get advice from who are very much all about like you know like protect yourself and like play the game and get your bag but know that it's a game when you get your bag and you know like look after your friends like stay true to your core values and it sounds all very very cheesy but I feel like when you're in it it's very easy to like 
because you feel so deeply like the expectations of the people in the industry for you to get to a certain level of capitalistic success yeah. and you know don't lose yourself in the process you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like it's gonna be yeah your community and like your actual community you know not people who may want to be quote-unquote friends with you to you know get something or like to, yeah to, um, what's the word like a transactional relationship because mm. it can really really be like that and lest we forget who is kind of running these industries and who are very dominant in positions of power in these industries so it's like yeah in my 20s i actually worked in marketing at sony music oh you were in sony music yeah so many moons ago ah. <laughs> so, I started, so I started um, yeah. in marketing. So, so you you know so all I about. Know, mm. um, and I look back now, and I wasn't I didn't I wasn't really aware. I knew something was like I knew it was gross. Like we mm. as New Zealand reported into Australia, and the head guy Dennis Sandlin, who actually I don't know if you. Oh, we name dropping. <laughs> Are we well, naming and shaming? He, he got um he got booted last year. <gasps> there was a huge thing. Oh my god! So right. He, and, and it was like. The joke, okay, I'm really fucking spoiling it here. Um, it's basically, as you would imagine, yeah. an old white guy who's like, <laughs> just been in the industry for yeah. years, like yeah. like anger issues. People would oh, like, just be power issues. Oh, people would be yeah. like, oh my God. Um, it was a really interesting experience to sort of see the impact of what someone like that has. Yeah, and all like the values that he's probably carrying and like. Yeah, or just the whole yeah. the whole culture. I mean, disclaimer, it was also, I had some great times. Like, first times <laughs> I had fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had some fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so wild. But yeah, man, I can't even. Ugh, so like, I know. I, hate you, I know. It yeah, so yeah. So it sounds like, from what, what I've read of you, you've gone through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, you really, so yeah, to play yeah. the game, and it is a game. It's yeah, to definitely have those is a people game. Who get it? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Because mm. I feel like, you know, if you're like young and naive and like you're just passionate about music and you just want to live that life and whatnot, I think it's like really easy because you're actually in quite a vulnerable situation. You don't realize that the power play that's happening and it's like so easy to get groomed or manipulated or like whatever into these like really uncomfortable positions and be acting in ways where you're like this is just not me and like yeah I don't know underestimating the power that you have mm. when mm. it comes to interactions with those types of people mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. how would you describe the creative process you're in at the moment at the moment because we've been working on an album without saying too much because we're very much still in the process we've kind of stripped it back to working more I guess like starting off a bit more acoustically so we'll start with a jam or like start with a really simple like bass line or guitar and then write the song around that and then kind of going into not trying to make like the thing with us is that we don't want to when it comes to like the mixing of a song we don't want to make it sound like the vocals like the instrumental is like down here and then the vocals are like at the forefront and be like this is a pop song Mm. even though like you know we love pop and want to include elements of that it's more so trying to use the Wanna sound so corny, but trying to use the <laughs> trying to use your voice as like an instrument to go along, like be interwoven with the beat to make it just like a whole oral experience and like not wanting listeners to like focus on one bit, but you know, like 
making songs where you can listen to it 20 times and be picking up new patterns and new melodies and stuff every time so yeah that's been really fun with uh me and Carl and just with writing I, I don't know I guess just like trying to be more vulnerable because I've always had ish- like a bit of trouble with like writing things in a really kind of I say poetic but I really mean vague way where people listen they're like oh yeah that like gives me pretty imagery but like what the hell are you talking about so trying to be a little bit more straightforward with these feelings (laughs) and moments that we put into it what are some of the themes that are coming through Mm. in what you're writing at the moment Mm. like say if you're saying you're being more like articulate maybe in this way yeah yeah or experiences (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like trying to (laughs) sorry my brain is like oh I guess just like, you know, life and the process of that and everything that comes with it. I don't know. I know it sounds so vague, but it's just because it's like, as we're growing up, I feel like the things that we go through and the new things that we learn about ourselves, that's what we kind of put into the music. And so I guess in a way it it can feel a little bit specific, but I also want it to be like universal in the way that like you can listen to something and apply it to whatever situation that you might be in because it's like these very big big feelings that we go through and big big like realizations or understandings of ourselves and trying to reframe these things in a way that it's really easy to I don't know I I guess it's like when you don't have like a super secure sense of yourself and your identity and like also the world and like the external stuff around you it's really easy to be like going from like one extreme end to another that's just for me I'm just like one day you could wake up and just your whole worldview is so different I feel like it's changing all the time so I feel like it's kind of trying to find some kind of stability in it sounds like about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah keep going <laughs> sorry I'm like about to quote Hannah Montana so I was just <laughs> laughing but like the whole thing of like life's what you make it when it comes to the things that you're in control of and the things that you don't you still have the choice and what you can do and where you stand in it I'm sorry that sounds so vague no no it kind of it kind of sounds like getting in the driver's seat I find that when you do know who you are or you kind of are intentionally moving in some sort of direction as opposed to just leading life I mean in, in saying that mm. I think being in flow and allowing yourself to be moved is good yeah but then there is also the on the other end of the spectrum being totally <laughs> allowing yourself to be driven by other people and yes, the system straight up. Was that? I don't know what no, yes, I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> What just happened? What's going on between <laughs> us right now? <laughs> Do you feel this? I liked it. <laughs> no, yeah, that was yeah, you you worded that so beautifully. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember what I said. Okay. <laughs> Honestly need. Um <laughs> Okay, so because I've heard you speak about where the name Amugi comes from, the mythical creature who meditated for a thousand hours, I was wondering whether you meditated. I did. I've been really slack with it Me too. In this year, last year. <laughs> but it's so important and it's so good. I think it's just trying to get back into it and having some sort of like discipline and routine is really important. How did you start to get into it? I'm like, ever since I was really young, I'm just like really obsessed with daydreaming like just neurodivergent things but um yeah I would like when I was a kid I would like try to be asleep as long as possible so I could just like be in my daydreams if that makes sense yes it makes total sense yeah, yeah. so I think it kind of love came... that fantasy life yeah yeah the fantasy <laughs> life I'm just like what do you mean the real world <laughs> 
I gotta go like yeah, I'm got, yeah. I got like 300 girlfriends <laughs> in my mind so <laughs> you know I'm a busy person yeah. but um yeah like I think it kind of like stemmed from that and wanting to explore like the inner world because there's so much you can do in here and it's always like really like wowed me how things can feel so vivid and so real in your head but then like you open your eyes and you're like oh <laughs> Yeah. And I think the gap between that and your dreams and stuff, that's always an interesting thing. So it kind of started from there, but then as I looked more into it, it's not so much about, you know, it's it's not really, it's kind of like the opposite of like daydreaming. You're more, it's more about becoming connected to your body, spirit, mind, and just kind of letting yourself settle mm. and just kind of like being in that little egg yolk. Yeah, the <laughs> stillness, which yeah. is, I tend to resist sometimes. Oh, definitely. As they say, you know, the monkey brain, <laughs> be loud. <laughs> She's very loud. Wow. Well, well. <laughs> yeah, so I think I just got into it initially for like, just like mental health, you know. Yeah. And it was good, but I think therapists and counsellors can sometimes have a way of being like, have you tried mindfulness and putting it all onto that? So mm. I definitely went through a period where I was just a bit angry at it and I was like, fuck meditation, like yes. surely it doesn't cure everything kind of thing. But it's actually very still important to yeah. just know that amongst all the chaos and wanderings and stuff, you can just settle and choose the path of just, just sitting and being there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, I had just gone through like a really horrific breakup, mm. and a like coach slash counselory amazing guy yeah. who I went to asked me like how my body felt, mm. and I was like, "What? Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> They're like, "How do you feel right now?" Like, I don't know. Like. What can you feel in your body? And it was the first time <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh fuck, I'm so disconnected." Yeah, straight. I was up. like, "I don't know," like numb completely. Yeah. And so, but yep. in the like, still, it's like, oh shit, there's some stuff going on. Yeah. And it's like so easy to just be super, what's the word? Like, is placid the right word? <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's super easy to just be super like, oh, passive. Not passive. Placid. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's so easy to just be super passive to everything that's going on and not care because you feel like it's too hard to feel things and actually like tap into how you are right now, like where you feel things in your body, where you feel things in your head. Because like facing that can be really hard and it can feel like it's going to break you. But no, nah, I so agree. Like it's so jarring when they're like how do you feel and you're like oh <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. oh god oh yeah yeah um what do you think is attributed to what seems like a really successful collaboration in partnership with carl um i think just at the bottom line just our friendship because before we were even started making music together or anything we were just like really good friends and all we would do at school like our friendship was so largely like based around our love for music and just being fans of music and just consistently like showing each other like cool shit that we've heard on the internet and introducing each other to like different kinds of music one thing that I really appreciate about Carl is that he's just like so open when it comes to music like he will listen to any and everything and have like He's just really cool to talk to about stuff because he's not the type of person who'll be like, I hate this, but like, I love this. Like, he's very much like, just like a multifaceted listener when it comes to things. And I just really like that because it just makes so much room for like learning new things and exploring yeah. new things and stuff. So yeah, just our friendship. Um, what's his style sign? He's a Gemini. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
who are very air sign heavy. Ah, oh, that <laughs> makes so much sense with your music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me about your greatest festival experience to date? Ooh, okay. I'll start with Laneway, which was like the first ever festival that we got hit up for in 2018 or 19 I can't remember I think it was 2018 but yeah that was really cool because it was like our first ever big festival we were like so hype about it because back then we were like didn't have a manager didn't have a team didn't have anything except for like (laughs) each other wow amazing (laughs) so like to be hit up by the festival just directly to our like personal email and like I don't know it just felt like we were just like so excited for it and it was just the first time that we ever got to play a stage that big because prior to that we were playing like heaps of shows because the first two years that we were like active we were saying yes to every single show like we wouldn't say no no matter what because we weren't concerned about like the price or anything we just wanted to really get practice because we were both just so new to our duo and like how to perform in that particular way. So yeah, Laneway was really special because we had our friends Cindy who does Jang Huddle, which is like a dance collective, and Jessica Lim, who's also an amazing dancer. We had those two come in and choreograph like a bunch of stuff. Like we made it like a whole thing. We were like practicing secretly after hours in the Auckland Uni dance studios. (laughs) Yeah, that was really fun just to like be building something from, it felt like we were just building something from the bottom up and getting to present that to a bigger stage at this like bigger festival that I had never been able to go to because tickets are so expensive yeah I don't know it was just such a buzzy experience because in my eyes and I know for Carl's as well I think at that time was kind of like the beginning of a lot of like imposter syndrome because on one hand you get these opportunities and you're like oh my god this is incredible like could have never even imagined that we would be considered for this I can't believe people want to see us but then on the other hand it's that thing of like oh like are we good enough and it's like comparing yourself to the other people who you know are so incredible and work so hard and you're like do I deserve like what makes me us deserve to be here more than anyone else in the scene that's working so hard and love music too so it's kind of like a double-edged sword but like going up there we started playing and just immediately it was like the first like two or three lines were just all our friends that had come to see us at laneway and just ran up to the front and that was just like the most heartwarming experience because you know I, I got anxiety like I, I still get super scared so seeing familiar faces up at the front just smiling and Mm. like dancing and being so supportive and then getting to share the stage with our friends it was really cool yeah I think that will never never leave my mind ever what an amazing start yeah it was it was actually so wild when I think back at it because they put all the green rooms in like the same area regardless of whether you're like a local artist or international Mm -hmm. so I remember like getting there early because we play quite early on in the day and just having a little wander around the green rooms and stuff and people were just like like these like artists and they're like crew they were just like walking around and I was just like oh my god like I am a child like (laughs) (laughs) like mom get me (laughs) it was it was so wild because Mitski played that year as well I saw her perform and it was incredible but I was like snooping around trying to see it. We did end up seeing, um, it was actually quite funny because my sister was with me, my younger sister. Because she said it was like really by chance because she said she was hungry, but they wouldn't let her into the green roomy area for some reason. So I was like, oh, there's like free food in there. I'll go grab some for you. And then we're waiting outside. And then Raven Lene just walks out with her manager. And I was just like freaking the fuck out. I was like, oh my God, there's Raven. Yeah, I was so starstruck. And I like walked up to her and I was just like, you know, just being a dweeb, like, um, hi, I really love your music. And 
<laughs> she was really lovely, but I think, um, yeah, that whole experience, I was just like brain fogged, so hard, dissociated the whole time. <laughs> but that was really incredible. Like, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, my second favorite yes. was when we got to do our dragon fruit tour last year because it was our first ever show headlining, our first ever show where it was like, our show we always like open for other people or we're like part of a cool lineup with other mates or like you know playing festivals or things like that but to be able to have the opportunity and the platform to like go to Wellington go to Auckland and essentially like plan and organize our own show that was really cool because I was like so not really scared I was like not really thinking about it but I was just like a little bit worried about who would even come out who would want to even you know spend their hard-earned money on these tickets and like be there to see us for 40 minutes kind of thing but both shows was almost were almost sold out and it was just like to this day I have no words for it it was just like so weird (laughs) I was like damn you guys really came out like you're really here like is that so when so you were actually thinking oh my god who's gonna come yeah but at the same time it's kind of that thing of like you know even if 20 people come I'd be or like five people come I'd be so grateful because like we've played shows like that where it's been like four people (laughs) It's really good as long as people, you know, it, I don't know, it just like warms your heart to know that like any individual is listening, yeah, listening up. and showing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But to see the whole room like that, I was like, oh, my God, I had like anxiety about it for like four days after the show because I just couldn't like accept <laughs> the reality that people wow. came to the show. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Wow. Fuck. Amazing. Outside of music, in what ways are you creative? Ever since I was a kid, I just love hobbies. Like I love my hobbies so much. I would just like get really hyper fixated into hobbies and like spend hours and hours and hours on stuff and I've always really I like doing things with my hands Mm -hmm. I love being crafty Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I don't do this so much anymore but I love I've always loved like sewing so like getting to alter clothing that I have or like make little things like little bags or dolls or whatever I don't again I don't do it so much anymore but that was like my first real big passion as a kid I used to just like love sewing and stuff like that really and, yes and I really love um I just love art drawing things and painting and I also have been really obsessed in the last couple of years with stick and pokes I've got I've been going really hard with that in my spare time I just love to tattoo myself to my parents big dismay <laughs> <laughs> they hate it but yeah oh yeah and yeah. just um yeah like reading listening to music writing even though I should definitely be writing more. But yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you like to read? Uh, one of my favorite authors, even though I also like, I hate him as much as I love him. I really love Murakami. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Haruki Murakami. He's yes. one of my faves. Um, I really like Catherine Valente. She did this really cool book called The Melancholy of Mecha Girl. And it's just like an anthology of, of like, um, it's like a collection of like short stories, Ooh. like poems and things like that. And they're all based around um, different Japanese mythologies oh. and creatures and stuff. But she's made these like big stories about it. But I don't know. I just love reading things that are like on one hand, I love thing. I love it when things are quite like simple, simple but deep, if that yeah. makes sense. And yeah. on the other hand, I love things. I love things that are very, like, really visual and, like, has lots of fantasy and, like, sci-fi. Like, Ursula Le Guin, I really like her. And, yeah, things that are, like, kind of show the the normalcy of life, but also get into how wild and just colourful and deep it can be on both ends. Like, you know, like, not just being super happy and jovial and excited, but also, like, getting into grief and... Mm. Yeah, what it's like 
in your head versus outside, things like that. I feel like there was almost a segue in there into mm. your new EP. <laughs> is there? Is there one? Which by the time this comes out, it would have been released. Oh, yes. So if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, please listen to that. It is called? It's called It's Okay to Be a Little Alien. Yes. Yeah. Which I feel like is very related to what we've been it's talking topical, about. It's topical, yeah. <laughs> the quote in the press release of yours, I just really liked it. Oh, thank It was you. like, you, if you focus hard enough, mm. right? Mm. There was something about love in there. Do you remember? Oh, man, my short-term memory sucks. Um. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, Me. Um, I just remember thinking it was kind of like, yeah, the world is fucking burning. There's mm. like, it's very easy to be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck Earth, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay to be a little alien. Yeah. Yeah. And to focus and see through into euphoric love. Something, you see something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, God, that's a great quote. Oh, bless. What kinds of conversations are you enjoying at the moment? Ooh, I'm really enjoying conversations around um, mental health, actually. Because mm-hmm. I think you can never have too much of it, just because I feel like as much as we have research and initiatives out there to better understand and support, it's still lacking a lot. You know, so yes. I, I feel like it's it's really cool because not everyone has um, access to great mental health services and the support that we all deserve and stuff. Yeah. And it's just I know people like when it comes to like the whole like self-diagnosing, I know a lot of people frown upon it and be like, don't diagnose yourself. Go get it diagnosed by a licensed whatever. But it's like I think it's also cool to encourage people to check in with themselves and see how they're feeling and not necessarily like self-diagnose, but like it's okay to suspect yourself before you go on to, you know, get officially diagnosed and just do research into it and because in a way it's like doing research into yourself but also doing research into the people that you really care about because I think you know when it comes to these close relationships I think we can get really caught up in the way that you go oh that's just the way they are this is just all the relationship is gonna be but it's that thing of like when you have a deeper understanding of what how you know people's brains may be when you're not neurotypical it's like how can we better show up for each other and be better understanding so Mm. that it's not just like conflict all the time or like enabling all the time and things like that so yeah I've been really enjoying those conversations and I'm really thankful to all the like friends and like my partner who we talk to that a lot about because I think yeah you can never talk about it enough yeah yeah oh I like it yes and just um your spirituality dreams i have really really vivid dreams so i'm always like what's going on there <laughs> do you so, so i do too sometimes and Ooh. i've started using my notes app to record oh, like as soon as i get up mm-hmm. because some i swear sometimes i have dreams that feel like so real that i'm like mm-hmm. convinced i was just experiencing that and right? fucking other, and you wake up. Dimension. Do you ever wake up like exhausted? Like you feel like you really just did that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I got yeah. back from that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's such a good practice to do because I know people. You forget your dreams sometimes. Yeah, that brief like amnesia after you wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so good because I feel like it trains your brain to like remember your dreams more and stuff. Yeah, and also just to see like patterns mm. in dates and like a monthly cycle, like how like when things are happening and just like yeah. themes. That, I don't know. I just yeah, I yeah. So like agree. like you say, the whole like resonates with me sometimes. Like Dreamland. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read that you did English lit at uni. Mm. But I think somewhere else, arts and media. Oh, yeah, I saw so, that when I was reading. I was well, like, who said well, I did? What, what, what did you study? Um, I so my I majored in English, and then I minored in writing studies. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a mixture of like 
Like the writing studies aspect was way more fun, but unfortunately I couldn't do that as my major for some reason. But、um, the English was just kind of like standard English, like reading and analyzing books and critical thinking. Were any good、that. ones that really stood out to you? Oh, there were definitely some good ones. There was one that was like、um, adolescent lit. And it was just about、oh. like coming of age books、uh-huh. and movies and stuff. That、uh-huh. was really fun.、Um, I did another one that was like it was like Caribbean literature,、oh. and that was cool because I just got to learn like a, a whole facet and like community of literature that bring up like such incredible stories and points and theories and discourse and stuff. So that was really cool. And that lecture, Claudia, was really awesome. Creative writing was really cool as well. That was a really cool one.、Um, we had some cool lectures there. Just being forced to write, no matter how it comes out, because、like, my biggest issue is like standing in my own way. It's、mm-hmm. like you know, classic.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was really fun. There were also a lot of classes that I really hated, and I would not recommend to anyone. <laughs> Which ones? Oh, I really fucking hated. There was this one that was like New Zealand literature,、uh-huh. but it was like run by this white guy.、Uh-huh. I'm like, he was nice, but like he was just like this old like middle-aged white dude, and like. It was like it, yeah, it was kind of like、uh, I was gonna say pre-colonial, but it wasn't even that. It was yeah, it was like colonial New Zealand literature. So like when the European colonizers first、yeah. came here and had like their first like interactions with Maori and like indigenous people here. But like the books that he had chosen were all accounts from the colonizers. Oh no! And so I just like really didn't like that. <laughs> I really didn't、oh, no. like that class and like. Yeah, there's a, there was a lot of classes that I feel so stuck up saying this because like who am I? <laughs> Now there were a lot of classes at uni. Like it took me a long time to finish uni.、Um, like you know the BA d- degree is classically three years long, but I took like four and a half to five years to finish it because I would just like walk into a class and be turned off by something and just walk straight out kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, and I would like to switch classes and like not show up and like so it was like. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of classes I would not recommend、yeah. to people, but there was also some really, really awesome classes there that were really cool too. We、well, did it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like I still have nightmares about waking up and I'm like, oh my god, like I'm late for high school and I、like, get to class and like, like, oh my god, I have science and math first period, but I haven't studied for the last three、oh. terms and like, oh yeah, nightmare, nightmare material. What kind of stuff do you enjoy learning about? I love learning about like anything and everything. Really, I feel like any subject when you get deep into it and get to learn about how it works, like the history of it and、mm. things like that, is just so cool. And I wish my brain was bigger so that I could retain more information and like learn things better. Yeah, it's hard to say. I,、um, no, but yeah, well, that's that's an answer. That's、uh, a good one. Yeah,、um, I love like mythology.、Ooh. Learning about that is really cool. Yeah.、Um, The way that like a lot of like indigenous like actually all indigenous cultures have like oral traditions and、yeah. things like that, or like the way that people have used like the form of writing in different ways throughout history. Like it's not just about writing words on a piece of paper. It's like etchings on a wall. It's、um, the murals inside old temples.、Yeah. It's tattooing. It's yeah. It's just yeah. so much, and I love. Yeah, learning about how people have tried to tell their stories、mm. in their own ways, you know, not just the one way, and anything that breaks outside of just Western life and culture as we know it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's like definitely.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. I don't even know. <laughs>、uh, what? Wh- like, is someone? What is that song? Oh, what is this? Is it? Mm-hmm, baby. 
Na 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 na. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh God, yeah, I know. You know, playing music downstairs. Um, what would you say to someone who had Asian parents, wanting them to go down the traditional career path, but who felt called to do something different? Ah, the classic story. Um, I would say to anyone who's you know in that position or just has very conservative family or con- comes from a really conservative community, I would say, hang on. I yeah. know it's really, really hard. Like because my mom teaches. My mom's a swimming teacher, and she runs a little Asian swim school <laughs> on the North Shore in Glenfield. Um, so um, she's been doing that for like the last like. 10 plus years like maybe like 13 14 years now in Auckland and so like I help her out with that and so I've gotten to watch a lot of kids grow up from being like little babies to going to high school and going to uni and stuff like that and then in in the mix of that I see a lot of kids who are you know like queer kids or kids who are just different you know kids who are like neurodivergent mm. Yeah, I see the way that pressures to conform and the pressures of what, you know, like, because you get punished for not being X, Y, Z, you know, and you feel like it's your fault, but you're just, as Lady Gaga once said, baby, you are born this way. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and it breaks my heart because it reminds me of like me and like, you know, other friends who have come from those backgrounds. And it's not like you can just cut them off. You can't just be like, mom and dad, you're homophobic. I'm cutting you off. Like... I know some people do do that and I know it's really hard and like I commend them for it but also commend the people who can't be out and proud mm. and who bear the weight of such a deep responsibility to still fulfill your roles and whatnot in your community and stuff so I think it's just about like yes you are incredible for being so resilient even though you know people say like oh you're so resilient as if it's a compliment but really it's kind of like well I have no choice yeah So like, yeah, that's cool. But also just being like, take time to yourself to get to know yourself. Just remember that whatever moment or phase that you're living in right now, or like the people that you're surrounded by, it may not truly align with you. Know that it is out there and you just got to sometimes do the really scary and brave thing of just being your true self to even just like a few people or just like a little community or something and then you'll find it because yeah one thing that I feel sad about when I watch like these kids or like other young people going through it is just the way you can feel so stuck in that and you're like there's nothing for me outside of this and like this is all I am and this is all I can base my mm identity off of it's like no that is not the truth like you can find people who you align with you can find the community that you feel truly safe in that you can be yourself in you can make a space for yourself that is just your own and you don't have to be perceived by anyone Mm. except for yourself like um I can't remember where but I was like reading this really cool little like article online just about oh no it was like a video essay I was watching on YouTube just about like teenage girls and their bedrooms and how uh-huh. it's just, um, you know, it's, it can, it's such a sanctuary, the way that it's just so, like, customizable and, like... Oh, my bedroom? Oh, yeah. I would love to see your bedroom. No, I feel I like mean, you my bedroom now cool is, like, bedroom. really, no, it's, like, fucking plain as fuck. But when I was, <laughs> when I was boring. When I was a teenager, though, like, mm. a young... No, I was a little tween. No, maybe I was younger, intermediate. It was, yeah. like, Aww. it was Backstreet Boys. Little baby. Oh. It, was, it was wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. <laughs> Okay, it was. I was like. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yes, it's so bad. 
<laughs> like it's so favorite. embarrassing. Well, not Nick, not Brian. I loved, I loved Kevin, the oldest one. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm the older man. I know. Okay. I remember he was like 27 and I'm like fucking 12. <laughs> I know, I know. I love it, that. Whenever I say it, it's like, oh god, everyone's like, everyone's n- uh, Nick, AJ, no, like, fuck AJ, Kevin. fuck Nick. <laughs> that was literally me with um Big Bang, you know the K-pop. Group? Oh yes, yeah, like me, like just like pining after G Dragon at like twelve years oh. old, while he's like twenty four, being like. Oh. I could yeah. be his wife one day. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, like, fan- I'm talking about the fantasy and dreaming. Yeah. I would be like, oh, so I mm. just, like, would fantasize about going to a concert. Yeah, it's like the like, classic, like, oh my God. Fanfic. We would, like, <laughs> we would fall in love. We, like, lock eyes uh, at the I concert. Because I'm, like, the one girl at the concert reading a book. And he's like, oh my God, so mysterious. Uh, Why'd you bring a book to my concert? <laughs> totally. And then it was funny because then I ended up working at the record label. Oh my God, um, no way. But it was, yeah, no, but we never, we never got to meet. Sadly, yeah. Um, Have you ever read those fan books that are like it's such a meme now on the internet, but it cracks me up every time. But it's like the one where like it's like your mom sells you to like One Direction, and they're like, "Wake up, bitch! Like I've just sold you to One Direction." Um, <laughs> no, I uh, no. I'm like too old for One D fanfics, but yeah. I, was, like, I was in Twilight. Fanfic oh my world. Like, god! Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god! But, so I've heard. Uh, so were you like a team Edward or a team Jacob? <sighs> Edward. Ah! Honestly, the new Batman has me like. Oh my god, I heard. I haven't seen it. And they have Zoe Kravitz in there. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. But the, the TikToks are just. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. It's so <laughs> like emo boy living in a yes, cave. With, like... with his eye makeup. <laughs> I need help. With his floppy hair. Yeah, yeah. They, honestly. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, like, even we... though I can never forgive Robert Patterson for how he did FKA Twigs, I was like, oh, I Zoe Kravitz. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I literally saw a TikTok about that this morning. Oh my god, really? Someone talking about the new Batman, but also in the background it was Twigs. It was the cellophane. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Fuck. I, yeah. That fucks me up. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you do it? Yeah, why didn't why you do didn't it for her? Huh? <laughs> I know. Uh, oh um, my god. Who are some artists or creatives that you look up to? And what is it that you love about them? I'll start with Mitski because I feel like I always start with Mitski, but I feel like, I, as I should, um, I really look up to her just because she's so raw and she just like always just shows up as herself no matter what. And I love the progression of her like creative process and her journey, like seeing her live at Laneway. It was like performance art, but then her, oh, just everything about her. Yeah, the way that she presents herself, the way that she is so genuine and sensitive and the way that she's also so like, I don't know how to say, like rock hard and strong as well. And can be singing so sweetly one moment and then be like screaming the next minute. I'm like, wow, duality. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, I really, really am a diehard fan for Mitski. She's really, really cool. And just her vocal control, just like, I'm just like, how? <laughs> how does one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's wild. Um, someone else who I'm really inspired by, all the people in the music community that we've been able to share a stage with or collaborate with or just hang out with or talk to, Yeah, I think, over the years. I think that's one of my greatest ones because it's like, I don't know, like, you know, when they, like, representation really, really does matter because when I was growing up, you know, you always, like, fantasize about, oh, my God, this song. You love me, na-na. Is that Nelly Furtado? 
me. Sorry. Oh, it's like, it's like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, growing up, it's like, because um, I grew up on the shore. So it's like very, very uh, upper middle class, rich white people are dominating the scene vibes there. So if you're anything outside of that, it's can be kind of hard to see yourself doing anything that you want to do and have the confidence to even like say to yourself like yep this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to pursue and stuff so I think being able to like leave the shore (laughs) Um, yeah being able to leave the shore and go to shows and stuff where you see just really awesome like POC creatives just unapologetically being themselves on stage and sharing their art and yeah that's really really cool and the way that they just kind of like um accept you with open arms and give so much wisdom and advice and just connect a lot I feel like yeah that's so profound to me mm. and I can't say that enough I know I, I feel like I say it all the time but truly I feel like if it weren't for those shows those moments those hangs like those chats and those like sessions together and stuff it's like I would not know like a lot of the things that I know and I'm um, just anyone that I saw that was just kind of like outside the mold you know like POC making music in like a quote-unquote western industry and being able to do it themselves like independent artists Mm. and people who don't wait around for other people and people who don't rely solely on other people people who can like you know like um, Abra from Awful Records I really love her because she's like she produces her own stuff she writes her own stuff and then is so just in charge of her creative direction Mm. that's really cool to see and I take a lot of inspo from that. Yeah. I think it takes guts as well to be like, I'm going to do it this way mm. instead of being pulled along by what you yeah. should yeah. do or the way of doing mm-hmm. it before. Yeah. I also really loved Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's growing up. Oh, oh so oh. Karen O. Oh. <laughs> I remember I was in Singapore um, on a family holiday Mm-mm. when they played St. James. You must have been like <gasps> a child. <laughs> You're from... But, um, yeah, I... Fucking ne- uh, yeah. Uh, Did you get to see them? No, ah. no, because I was like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh they, my were, God. they were there, but you were like in the same like I... area. No, no, no. They were playing here. Oh, they're playing here. Yeah, oh, I was away, right. which is why I didn't get to see them. Right, right, right. But um, yes. they were a band that I would love to see. Straight up, just so cool, so cool, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, those good times. Yeah. Um, what are you trying to unlearn? Oh, a lot. Oh, my God. Getting in your own way, I think. Learning to differentiate learned voices in your head and trying to unlearn, I think, the things, just anything that, like, holds me back from learning and growing and becoming better informed, a better activist in my own ways, and just trying to, yeah, just unlearn these, like, really weird capitalistic toxic things that are, like, very much taught and ingrained to us so that... (laughs) You can try, like, I can try, like, live a less abrasive life on this earth and just, yeah. It's very <laughs> hard to unwind. I don't know if you thought um, Flex. Flex Mummy? Yes. Yes. So cool. Who says, you know, I'm a catalyst handmaiden. Well, well <laughs> oh like, I'm like, I am. I love to shop, but at the same Me, time, it's A like, chambermaid, it's, yeah. It's so, it's so, it is so hard to unravel from that. Yeah, so true. It's like a generational trauma thing as well, like... Like, the burdens and, like, the trauma that you carry, it's not just yours. It's, like, your parents, it's Mm. your grandparents, it's your ancestors. Mm. And, you know, you can really feel how it (laughs) trickles down onto you. And it's heartbreaking because you know that 
even like the burdens, it's just like a manifestation of like, it's just an ounce of what really went on in the lives, like the things in life that really happened and forced us to be this way, I guess. Yeah, just trying to unlearn those things, I think. Because it's like that thing of like, even if, you know, no matter what community that you're a part of, there's going to be a lot of trauma and hurt and grief there. And even if you can't, you know, you can't force people to seek support. You can't force people to get help. But what you can do is just take ownership and responsibility and accountability for what you can do and hope that that just spreads outwards Mm. and leaks onto the people you love so that they can feel that at least you're trying even though it's not perfect yeah oh so well (laughs) (laughs) so well said oh my god (laughs) maybe like yes we can we can change (laughs) i saw i posted about this recently on instagram but also it was because i really liked this question Mm. the self-reflective question asking is my intention on loving or is my intention on who isn't loving me. Good question. Why? Makes you think. Yeah, I yeah. liked it because I see this healer woman. Um, mm. this like spirit. She's kind of like a medium slash Reiki healer. It's this oh. thing. It's amazing. Um, oh my gosh. Do you get so, Reiki done quite often? Yeah, yeah. Doing over Zoom distance healing. I know. It sounds uh, fucking yeah, yeah. like... No, no, no. I've, I, well, it, I've, I've heard great things honestly, about it. Yeah. amazing. So, <laughs> but one of the things that she's told me, and she's like, I'm, you know, on screen and she can see, she's like talking to my grandmother. She's describing my grandmothers and I'm like Fuck. one of the things that she said to me was to pay attention or to just realize where all my focus is going on like mm. if I'm focusing on like all the negative stuff yeah and how that's not helpful yeah because then that's like all that fills up your yeah 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 even if it's like other people's drama I don't really like drama <laughs> yeah, but like it's, yeah, it's sort exactly. of like where, so the question being like where is your attention so when I saw TikTok mm. I was like oh my god um <laughs> what do you think about that so true I'm like yup yeah is my attention on loving or is my attention on who isn't loving me because it's also like saying am I like embodying like how I interpret it is like mm. am I embodying this love yeah yeah or am I placing all the power outside of me oh my god <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'm like so perplexed by it constantly because like with me, I think I think it's like has to do with a lot of the way that we're raised as well with like Confucianism and like filial piety and stuff like that. I feel like as like women of color, actually just all POC, actually all non, (laughs) all POC who are not men, (laughs) you say that, Um, I think we feel a lot of responsibility because we know we're such sensitive little beings and like we feel so much responsibility for like what others are going through even though in reality we actually don't have any control over what others may do or feel or act and we don't actually know the you can never put your brain into someone else's body you know you can never know the true depth of whatever they're going through but I think we are so sensitive that we pick up on things so quickly and we just want it to be okay you know and for me I have a lot of trouble letting go of that control and letting go of taking responsibility where I don't actually have to like it's actually not my stuff it's not my shit but I just is that thing of like wanting to, wanting to, but realizing that that's actually quite a selfish thing because it's kind of like, who am I doing this for? 
me being like, oh no, I noticed that you know so and so, you're not okay. How do I make it okay? Is that is that actually for this other person or is it for me? Yeah, is that coming from an egoic <laughs> place of wanting to like be the person? Straight to fix up, that? it's such mm. a it's coming from such an ego place. Yeah, mm. so I think yeah, for me, I'm just like I gotta like let go of that and just do what I can do and just kind of stop it there. You know, like try not to blur out the outlines of my body and my mortal shell. <laughs> <laughs> You know, keep it. You know, be solid, and you know, it's like what we were saying before. When you check in with yourself, and you're like, "How do I feel right now?" And just like really, like almost closing it off. Mm-hmm. Like it's that thing of like, um, my my partner's mom is actually a spiritual healer as well, so we have really good <gasps> chats, um, both with my partner and their mom about you know just yeah, just spirituality and stuff. And one thing uh, that I I always like really find interesting that both me and them have gone through is. Um, Okay, this might sound a little bit like spooky, but like no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> not never. With me, never. Yeah, um, just like protecting your spiritual self because when you don't, you might actually be calling in a lot of entities or messages or like whatnot that actually aren't meant for you, and it can sound like a lot of static, and it can sound really sound and feel really scary. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of issues with like sleeping and stuff because it's that fear of sleep because it's the fear of like you know when you like close your eyes and you're vulnerable it's like and you're kind of like an open radio in your head what's gonna come in, so yeah that's a really interesting thing so I've had like really good advice from them about you know like protection yes make sure you protect yourself before doing anything yes. call in protection always yeah because if not then you're just kind of like leaving yourself exposed and vulnerable to any any old entity flying around speaking my language yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I totally get it um so yeah that's like a that's a really interesting thing because yeah i feel like otherwise we're just prone to absorbing any and everything and you're kind of like okay how much of this is mine and how much of it is not yes yeah. energetic spiritual boundaries yes exactly you never know what's following you around you don't know what's following you home and um yeah i've seen i've just seen some really spooky shit and i'm kind of like i don't really feel like i want to see that again <laughs> at the moment mm-hmm. so just trying to mm-hmm. keep it protected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but also just in doing so i feel like it helps me kind of like again just ground myself in myself and be like let me let through even when it comes to my own ancestors, I'm kind of like, I'm not letting all of you guys through. Like, only the ones that are, like, not out here to yeah. Only for my be harmful and toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's a really cool one because I feel like when you do that, you kind of, like, just get better in touch with your intuition and any messages that or guidance that you might be getting from your ancestors. And, and yeah, that's really cool. Like, I had this, like, realization, like, not too long ago where I was just like, oh, my God. I know this sounds really, like, basic, but I was like, wow, I have queer ancestors and like that was such a big thing for me because it's just like you know you look at your like for me I look at my immediate family I'm kind of like oh everyone's straight and cis okay cool (laughs) but then and then you feel quite alone and isolated in that so I don't know why but just having that thought of being like oh my god I had like queer ancestors like that was just so cool to me because it's like even if I don't I might I may not feel it in my immediate like family or community or whatever I can feel it spiritually yes on your spirit team yeah mm. yeah so that's pretty cool yeah Very. Sorry, I feel like I've like very <laughs> yeah it's almost like well, I actually forget my question is by the time we, oh my god I love it. me too <laughs> um yeah okay well anyway the next question was how spiritual would you say you are uh, I say I'm spiritual <laughs> yeah um I grew up in the church so like my family like uh, when I was born, like we were in the church and we we're going to church and stuff, and you know, like um, mm-hmm. the Korean church community in New Zealand is quite 
big and like a very strong thing. There's like heaps of churches everywhere, and I think it's really great for a lot of people, like you know, fresh immigrants that come here and they are looking for a community. I feel yeah. like when you go to church, you immediately like have it, have yeah. it and stuff. But um, yeah, we stopped going when I was like 11 or 12. I can't even remember. But then I went by myself for a little bit till I was like 14. Until I was like, nah, this isn't really for me. Like. Because it was just clashing with a lot of like worldviews that I had, and like clashing with a lot of like identity things I was going with myself. But um, so yeah, so so church was like my first introduction into spirituality. But um, once we kind of left, like I would always have good chats with my dad because although he's still pretty Christian, he's still like really spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he in his family he has he's had like people who are like you know Buddhist and Catholic and you know <laughs> I don't know why I say Catholic as if it's not Christian. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's had interactions and like proximity with people from other religions and mm. other beliefs and stuff. So, I've had some just good chats about that. So, um, getting into that and then getting into spirituality, I feel like has been really good because it just kind of helps you reframe a lot of things in a way that I don't know. It's kind of both a little bit individualistic as well because you're trying to m- reframe it to make sense to yourself. Because everyone's brains and understanding works differently. Mm. That, but then also like seeing yourself in in alignment with the rest of the universe and all that. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think I I saw like there's this like TED talk on my YouTube recommended that I've never watched, but it's just been there. And it's like spirituality or psychosis, and I'm like, oh fuck. Oh god! Oh shit! Because no, it's like really interesting. Because it it feels like that, but I feel like mm. it's just um. I always talk shit about this with people, but it's like, what turns me off from some aspects of it is just you know like, what's the word? I don't know, like that like white version of spirituality that is very much individualistic. You know, like yes. them taking like meditation and being like mindfulness, which is cool, but then they go like they focus it way too much on the individual being like yes. you deserve this because you're great and it's just so based on the ego. Yes. You know? Oh my god, 100%. Yeah, or like, you know, when they're like taking practices from indigenous cultures and stuff and they just you know, just pick a mix. No effort or like sensitivity to try and like actually learn the history behind it or like the actual culture of it or like of the practices and stuff like that. So I feel like in that aspect, I feel like it can be a little bit hard to do your own research and stuff, especially online because it's so oversaturated with like this like random as like, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we out there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say I'm... A spiritual person, I think it's a never-ending journey. I made the mistake when I was younger of like, you know, when you like have your like spiritual first spiritual awakening or whatever, or, like first contact with um, spirit and all that, and like the divine and all that, and you think like, oh my god, wow, like this is incredible, like. And I think I mistook it as being like, oh my god, I'm cured. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, this is so uh, great. Okay, okay. <laughs> like that annoying bitch that's like, oh my god, have you guys tried meditation? Uh, it's so cool. You know, like, okay. yeah. And then you know the big like depression that kind of comes after, where you realize like, oh, but um, nothing's really actually changed that much. You know, like I've changed some stuff, but like, there's other aspects where I still feel helpless and like hold up and shit. So I think that just kind of like it, it's really cool. It's like a never-ending journey. <laughs> Of just like learning and like discovering things and like finding more connections and yeah, trying to apply that to trying to apply like, you know, spiritual teachings in the spiritual world to like the physical world. Because another thing that is kind of like for me is when 
super spiritual people can just kind of brush off a lot of the very real life societal stuff. Yeah. Totally. Like systematic injustices and like really shitty, yeah. Yeah. Things that are going on. And just be like, love and love light. light. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we'll love and light our way through this fucking. No. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you cannot like yeah. live, laugh, love, eat, yeah. pray, love, and <laughs> your way into being like, oh my god, like guys, war is so bad. Yeah. Like you know. Yes. So it's just about like yeah, trying to have a mixture of like ha- trying to find a balance of applying you know like the very like oneness and like wholeness and divineness and stuff, but not just focusing like trying try, not trying to make it all about like toxic radical positivity or whatever yes. but just like trying to be realistic whilst also letting yourself like dream a little bit you know yeah. like yeah i think it can be really draining obviously for any anyone of marginalized communities to just like be in this world and be in these structures and just see what's going on and stuff and there's been a lot of times where i'm like wow i have zero faith in anything like you know it's really fucking depressing. yes yes when you realize oh my god it's all fucked yes yeah, all fucked and i'm just one like speck of dust yes, like yeah. yeah trying to just find the balance <laughs> in things and trying to do the best that you can do and trying to trying to see yourself as part of a collective because i know that the western view is all about the individual you know like my freedom yeah yeah like you can single-handedly reduce carbon emissions like no (laughs) Uh, yeah destroy the u.s military like geez yeah tying all of that together and trying to find a balance in things because i feel like yeah it can be hard when you realize how toxic a lot of stuff is Especially when you are coming from, like, you know, for me, it's like coming from, like, Korean culture and, like, East Asian values and stuff like that. But then knowing that it's not black and white, like, I can appreciate my Korean heritage and history and values, but also be critical about it and call out the patriarchy Mm. and call Mm. out the toxicity and heteronormativity in it and the misogyny in Mm. it and the transphobia in Mm. it. Like, you know, there's so many aspects to things, and I think... Yeah, just keeping yourself open, always like listening to other people, um, listening on conversations as listening in conversations and learning more so than you are the one talking and sharing your experience about it. Yeah, if that makes sense. sense. (laughs) Sorry, such a tangent. Sounds like they're having a party downstairs. Woo. Anyway, let's <laughs> go join. Um, what's taking up? This is the last question before I go on to finish these sentences. Mm. What's taking up headspace at the moment? I mean, like, let me check in. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I've just been thinking about like the relationships that I cherish in my life and how I want to be better at making sure that those are appreciated and cared for. But at the same time, knowing what my limits are and not doing things that have not been working so far. Yeah, like prioritizing myself and my mental health mm. before I go on to do other things. Um, also the spiritual, just like, I don't know, just like crazy dreams and just like, it's always kind of in the back of my head, <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> what do you do with information of your dreams? Um, it, yeah, like, so, I don't know, it kind of depends. I feel like you'll, you'll, get, you'll get what I mean, but you know, like sometimes you have a dream and it's kind of just like, ugh, like it's kind of like a whatever dream. Like it was like, it's super vivid, but it's yeah. like really random. And you're like, okay, that doesn't really resonate. <laughs> and, um, but then you have dreams that are like, have really such specific like imagery or like mm-hmm. such specific things that just really stay with you. And I feel like, yeah, those things I definitely always like am thinking about and applying and stuff. And just, oh, it's just cool. It's just such a like all encompassing experience. I'm like, oh, I could talk forever about dreams. Like, yes. It's just so fun. Yes. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. There are those dreams that are like, mm. okay, 
fucking whatever there are some dreams that I just remember but I don't know whether you like do any like intentions before you go to sleep about what you want to dream about but I remember once I was like I want to like get a message Mm -mm -mm. I'm like I'm really before I remember going to sleep being like I'm just open yeah yeah yeah. give me something give me something Mm. and it was so vivid this dream in this other land at the time you know when sometimes places make sense to you when you're in that place but yeah, yeah. but in here it's like yeah. what the fuck did it feel like familiar to you like yeah. I've been here before yeah totally and I met someone in the dream and the message was you are loved oh. and I like I remember waking up crying I was oh. like oh my god but it's like so, so sometimes so, I know so wholesome Some, but sometimes uh, there are dreams that are impactful yeah straight up yeah. Uh, yeah there's some buzzy dreams no but I love those dreams where you like go back just like you kind of like yeah you just go back and just everything just like feels familiar and you're kind of like get to yeah it all makes sense in the thing yeah like, oh, yeah, here I am again. yeah yeah but of course yeah here it's like what, what happened um <laughs> Okay, finish these sentences. Okay. Oh, I like wrote this on my phone. Oh, did you? I wouldn't forget. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling inspired by. The ever-changing landscapes around us, even when they seem to stay as we lift it. Mm. I'm really looking forward to. Progressions of movements in art, society, and collective consciousness. Oh, I like that. Collective consciousness. I'd love to be known for... Uh, just being myself and nothing more, nothing less. Love it. Is there anything else that we haven't spoken about that you want to, that, you know? Oh, one thing that I thought was cool. I'm just going back to, you know how we're talking about like bedrooms and like carving oh, yeah. out a space for yourself. Oh, yes. Like just yourself and you don't have to be perceived or be perceiving how you're being perceived or anything like that. And you get to just kind of like be yourself and do whatever you want. I just really love like... um I don't know if this was, like, a big thing in other places, but, like, back in, like, early 2000s, I just remember, like, my cousins would do it. There was, like, a thing that was really popular with, like, Korean um, blog sites and stuff where it would be called, like, a mini homepage. Do you remember that? And you can, like, it's pretty much, like, a little room that you make online. No. And you can custom, and you have, like, your avatar in it. And you could, like, customize your avatar. No, but this <laughs> <Carry on. laughs> No, that was just really cool. It just, like, came to mind when we were talking about it. Because oh. I just, I just love, like, being able to just, like, make, like, a little world for yourself. Yes. And I'm, like, obsessed with that. How old would you have been when you did that? Honestly, I would just, like, watch my cousin do it the most, like, like, on the family computer or whatever. I would have been, like, 10, 11, 12. But I just remember it was just, like, way cooler than, like, Bebo and, like, those kinds of things. It was so visual and, like, I don't know, just incorporating more senses. It's not just about um, words on a page or just photos. It was, like, I don't know. I just feel like the co-creation that happens in those kinds of zones, I feel like that's really fun. And just getting to have your digital self and all that, I feel like that's really cool. Uh, (laughs) When you say digital self, I think it's fucking Mark Zuckerberg. The metaverse. Or like, do you know I'm that like furry, um, it's like this like, it's called like second life and it's like for like furries and stuff. Like furries. You know, like the people who like have like the animal suits and are, they're like are we animal about- people. <laughs> like, are we going, are we talking about kink? Yeah. I'm just joking. Just joking. It's a lifestyle, not a kink. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm like crossing up into dare- no, dangerous territory. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just like love anything like that, like where you can um, play, where it's like a 5D thing, <sighs> you know, like, oh my God, I used to be so into fucking like, you know, like Imvu. No. Oh my God. Did you ever play like Imvu, like Habbo Hotel? No, I'm like 10 years older than you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, so... <laughs> 
So it was like, um, oh my god, I was just like obsessed with it. It's just like, um, what is it? It's like platforms where it's like a digital world, mm-hmm. not unlike the metaverse. <laughs> and yeah, just you get to customize your avatar and just have like a digital self, and you just explore places and talk to people. And there's a lot of really creepy groomers on there, and I'm oh, like okay. this like. 13 year old kid being like, ha ha, ASL. <laughs> I'm 13. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just love things where you can kind of make a, like, yeah, just make like a 5D kind of thing where it's not just about, you know, like with like blogging, like Tumblr and stuff, like that was really fun and cool and had yeah. its impact. But I feel like there's still like a limit as to what you can do. So yeah, I don't know. I just really love how you can just make whole worlds. Yeah, not bound to this sack of flesh. Yeah, yeah, this meat sack. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, I love it. Thank you so much. I've had so much fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are not already, please follow Asian and Aotearoa on Instagram and stay tuned for updates.